Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Facebook study. My name is Amy G and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, April 11, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action and we are on page 73, the fourth paragraph starting with we must be entirely honest with somebody, going through that one paragraph onto the next page that ends in people who do not understand alcoholics, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Barb W., Nancy R., Heidi B., on the 12 steps, Alice A., the traditions, Nancy C., and the newcomer greeter, Chris G., and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Ken W.H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, April 10th, 2023, 7 a.m., is 20,140. That's 20140 for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 20,141. 20141. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alice A. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Alice. Thank you, this is Alice, a compulsive overeater from Alabama. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to our compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Alice. All righty. I will now ask for Nancy C. to please read the uh, the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Nancy. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. Nancy C. recovering in Ann Arbor, Michigan this morning. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, OA, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should refrain, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, and we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media and communications. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To press, I mean to share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 73 on the fourth paragraph, starting with We Must Be Entirely Honest, going through that one paragraph. And I'm going to ask Barb W. to get us started. Go ahead, Barb. Can't wait. 
Good morning, Amy G. Thank you for your service. Barb W. Gratefully recovered in Illinois. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must, and of course will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. Ah, um, gosh, that first sentence. If we must be entirely honest with somebody, if we expect, excuse me, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. And personally, I must be entirely honest with somebody if I expect to live. That's just like us, just right there. That's that's just a huge sentence for me. And honestly, before getting honest, honest enough to even admit unmanageability in the first step, I was not living happily in this world. And actually, honestly, I hoped I wouldn't live long. So coming to, first, from the food fog through abstinence to consi even consider going through the steps, and then coming to with acknowledging there's a higher power and that perhaps this higher power would restore me to sanity. So there's been decisions along the way and evidences of a power intervening in my world um, pertaining to food and all matters. And evidences included that I didn't starve to death when I put the food down. Evidences included mm, bringing me to the doorstep, as it were, of this of this meeting, and and bringing a sponsor into my world, and and my sponsors with whom I chose to give my fist up. But along the way in my world, um, I yeah, it was, I'll just say it was a conscious choice to choose my sponsor, and and that. That felt like God intervening in my world, bringing that person into my life. And it was really the first time I got really, really honest with someone. And by this point, going having another evidence of my higher power was giving me stamina and the, the fortitude to slog through the forest and put it down on paper. And it ended up being such a big gift to see it on paper because it was so unsavory. It was so apparent. The the patterns and the weight of it and at that point i just knew i couldn't carry it anymore and it was so apparent and it was i was so ready to not only give it over to my god of my understanding my higher power but to give it to another human being which felt very much more ominous at the moment but i knew i had to do something and i would chose to trust my higher power to lead me to the person with whom i would share this and lay it down and it was oh my goodness um anyway it became very clear i couldn't carry it anymore and what i had been carrying and what my real problem was I, um all these character defects all these all these patterns just the patterns i keep saying that word but that they seemed repetitious to me by this point so i'm gonna pass and i thank you for this meeting and 
look forward to hearing everybody share. Thank you so much, Barb W., for getting us started. Okay, so we're going to take some names here. We And although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you've shared the last couple of days, namely uh, Monday or Friday, we ask that you uh, allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share today? Charles H. Tina S. Kelly S. Janet B. Janet B. Kelly S. P. Roz G. Katie G. S. Katie G. Roz G. Okay, hold on one sec here. This is what I've got. I've got Charles H. Tina S. Janet B. Reva P. Kelly S. Katie G. Roz G. Did I miss anyone? Well, that's a miracle. <laughs> okay, we're going to get this great group started here. Charles H., you're up. Please go ahead, followed by Tina. Thank you, Amy, for your service. I'm Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I got to keep it a buck, just like the text say, I'm working a text. I got to keep it a buck with somebody. I don't trust a lot of people, and I feel some type of way every single day. No more faking perfection. No more trying to sound good because I'm in front of a whole bunch of people or on the phone line trying to keep, like, right? Like, faking perfection is, <laughs> you know, I rather, I respect a real enemy than a fake friend, right? Like, because, like, a yes man would be like, yeah, you look good, knowing I'm tore up from the floor. So I got to keep it a buck with somebody. I got to trust somebody. Right. Like this, 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 this world is, is, is full of, you know, people like me and you, right? Like I've heard from a, a, a person that, you know, God uses uh, broken people like me and you to help broken people like me and you. It's like life is like being on a mechanical bull, right? Let me see how long I can ride this bull. I'm going to fall off the bull. Maybe after one minute, maybe an hour, right? But I'm going to fall off, and that's what these steps are for. So, yeah, I'm so grateful I don't have to fake perfection or fake it in front of somebody so somebody could send me a text and be like, wow, that guy is so spiritual. Not, wait, wait a minute, what? Yeah, nah, I'm a human being, and I embrace my humanness, and that's how I can get help. So with that, I'll leave some time on the clock. I don't need three minutes. Thank you so much, Charles. Okay, uh, Tina S., you're up, followed by Janet B. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Amy. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Grateful to be on the line. And, yeah, great shares this morning. You know, ditto, ditto, ditto. Uh, one of the things that I'm really grateful for today is that the longer I stay absent, the longer I stay recovered, the more honest I'm able to become. You know, I think the first time I did a fifth step, you know, I, I was as honest as I could be, you know, and um, the longer I quit lying to myself, the more I could, you know, tell the truth to somebody else. And, you know, I just wanted to point out that, you know, I too have been, you know, blessed with sponsorship and people to hear my fifth step that has just been so loving and kind and generous and, um, and tight-lipped, you know, and I knew that. And so, you know, and I urge people to, to seek for the the people that can uh, take this intimate step and be confidential about it. Because just to tell you the truth, there are people that don't. 
you know, and, and it's, it's heartbreaking. But, you know, for me, I'm so blessed. And, you know, one of the things that I love today is that I also can be that person to hear a fifth step and to be tight-lipped and to be loving and kind and generous and all that stuff because the people that did it for me showed me how to do this stuff, you know. And, you know, and just, you know, another thing, you know, I just have to really say that the longer I stay in recover and, and be recovered, the more honest I become because it's the more honest I can be with myself so that I can be honest with somebody else. And, you know, when I first got here, they told me my secrets will keep me sick. And that's the truth. My secrets keep me in my disease. And today I choose to be free, you know, and, and I choose to, to live this life. You know, and I love what it talked about the first sentence. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long and happily in this world. And I expect to live long and happily. And so far I've, I've lived longer than 30 years longer than I thought I would and 30 years happier than I thought I would. So with that, I'll pass. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks so much, Gina. All right, Janet B., you're up, followed by Reva P. Go ahead, Janet. Good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating in New Jersey. So I think we can stop with the first five words. We must be entirely honest. Um, And this escaped me for so many years. I spent my first six and a half, seven years in OA, never even getting two weeks together, a lot of times not even making it to lunch. I couldn't stop binging. I went to meetings. Um, I had sponsors. I did the assignments, and I couldn't understand why I still kept binging. Well, I wasn't honest at all. Um, I wasn't honest with anyone, with everything. I mean, I did crazy dishonest things like cut myself up with a razor then call my boyfriend and tell him I'd been raped, have him take me to the hospital for a fake rape exam, tell the nurse that I'd been raped. I mean, I was dishonest. No wonder I couldn't stop binging. And this program is so clear about the importance of honesty. And thank God when I got desperate, it was right after I'd been stuffing bagel chips down my throat behind a locked bathroom door I went to a meeting, I took the toughest person I knew as a sponsor, but someone who I knew really worked these steps and really knew this program. And I said, I don't care whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And the first thing I was told was that I had to get honest. No lies, no dishonesty whatsoever. Um, A recovered alcoholic I know said, any alcoholic who comes around can stop lying and stop stealing. And So the first thing I had to do, I mean, even if I couldn't put down the food, I could put down the dishonesty. And when I did, that seemed to allow the grace of God to enter and expel the obsession. But as long as I was dishonest, there was no shot in the world that I was ever going to be able to put down the food. Um, And by the way, when it came time, I did make amends to the hospital for faking the rape. I made amends to the at that time, an ex-boyfriend for faking the rape. And I went on to do, as this paragraph said, to live happily in this world. Because just like this illness is progressive, page eight of our book tells us that recovery is progressive. Bill says, I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And for me, it started with honesty, and a commitment to do whatever it took to find this God who it was promised would remove my food obsession. And he did. And with that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you so much, Janet. Okay, Reva P followed by Kelly S. Please go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, must. So I pay attention. This is a, one of those musts. And, you know, entirely honest. And if I reflect, the first thing I was entirely honest about was the crazy stuff I was doing with the food, the binging, starving, bulimia. And for me, that was huge because that was my hugest, biggest secret. I was the double life. Um, I was doing the image management. I was fooling myself and being honest with somebody else uh, took my honesty to myself to a whole other level. And I think that's as honest as I could be. Um, but as I got defogged um, and you know, started working the steps um, and the process, um, I am now you know, needing to be honest about the thinking and the crazy stuff that goes on in my head, the wrong thinking, the if onlys, all the lies, um, that's what I need to be entirely honest with somebody else. Um, and and it gives a lot of um, attention here to picking the right person. Like we think well, which to me is prayer. We pray before we choose the right person. And when I pray, I don't think I choose the right person. I think God chooses right people for me. And that doesn't just include a sponsor. That includes who do I need to share this step 10 with? Sometimes the person I think should be hearing it is totally unavailable and I get somebody totally unexpected and it happens to be exactly the right person who's going through exactly the same kind of thing um, with a different circumstance. So, you know, God helps me choose that person. And what does it mean the right person who understands my problem? And I think for me, that means somebody who is a real compulsive overeater, um, who understands, you know, the, the, do, the double whammy. Um, and has worked through the steps and thinks the way I think, feels the way I feel, does what I does, but isn't suffering from it anymore. And, and has, you know, sort of um, recovered from those things. That's, that's what I need. I need somebody who can see things that I, I can't see and vice versa, but entirely honest. And I also noticed it doesn't say we need to be entirely honest to be sober. It says, I need to be entirely honest to live well and happily and long. And this is about mm. a way of life, not just getting, you know, the food in order. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Kelly S. followed by Katie T. Your turn, Kelly. Good morning, family. It's Kelly S. Recovered Compulsive Eater in Bulimic in Oklahoma. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, yeah, great shares. I wanted to um, like piggyback on what Reva just shared about we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. But it doesn't say that if we, we expect to be abstinent or uh, normal body weight in this world, you know, it's to live long and happily. And uh, that was another thing. I had a fear that I wasn't going to die. You know, what what really drove me to my knees this, this last time wasn't just that um, the weight and the bulimia and all that. It was the fear, living in that constant fear, that hopelessness, that desperation, um, those kind of things. That's what drove me. And I, so the idea of living long was what was scary, but I want to live long and happily. And in order to do that, you know, 
um, I'm going to have to be honest with somebody, right? You know, the abstinence, the, um, the weight loss, the weight maintenance, those things are byproducts of living this life. And like other people were sharing, I must be entirely honest and not just about the food, but my behaviors, uh, behaviors around food, behaviors around life, you know, how I'm acting, thinking, feeling. And that is so hard for me. And, you know, the last um, couple days, We've been, um, you know, my terminal uniqueness, it's so funny because several things we talk about, the different masks we wore. I thought it was something like that I just did, right? And I didn't know everybody else did that because I thought that was something I did. And then, you know, um, you know, this, the fact that, you know, my mom always told me that I would lie when the truth would work. Other people's moms told them that. I thought that was just me, right? And so the, I, I'm pointing that because for me, that's why, you know, I think it was important. You know, I realized as my friend Harlan told us yesterday, this book was written, you know, in 1939, that when they wrote this book, you know, there weren't all the um, many hundreds, thousands of people who've been walking this path. This was the first 100, right? And so they had limited people they could share this with. Today, we have so many recovered fellows. And it's important for me to find that person I trust. And my opinion is, to find somebody who has walked this path, you know, who has recovered from this disease that I suffer from, who can hold the lantern for me, who understand what I'm trying to do, that know, you know, it's about my motives. It's not, it's not what I did. It's why I did it. Looking at my motives, my patterns, my behaviors. And, you know, it's like, it was really hard for me to find that person that I could trust, you know, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something crazy. And I was shared this person, <laughs> Janet shared, took her several years. Well, my years was like decades to understand this entire honesty, right? In fact, I want to tell you guys, it was about two years ago after being in these rooms, 30-something years, that that message finally drilled into me, entirely honest, that if I didn't, I was blocking God. I'm like, what? And it's like, well, I was mostly honest. Is that like being mostly pregnant? I mean, a little bit pregnant? I was a little bit. I thought I was mostly. No, I knew what I was doing, right? So today I have to be entirely wrong honest if I want what this program offers. And you know what I want today? I want to be abstinent, yes, and I'm grateful to be that. I want to be a normal body weight, and I am. Time. And Okay, and I'll wrap up with, and today I am living a happily long life. Grateful to be here. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, Katie G, followed by Rob G. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, friends. Amy, thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G in Boston, and uh, just so grateful to be here talking about honesty with my teachers, you know, um, when I first came into the rooms of OA, um, I didn't know that I was lying. I remember, and sorry to be repeating, but um, I remember a sponsor saying to me, do you know that you lied to me yesterday? And I literally didn't. Like, that's who I am at, at the core. And I remember I had a sponsor, and she always used to say, I'm a liar, I'm a liar, I'm a liar. And that really didn't work for me, and it doesn't work for me today. What works for me today is to know that I'm a liar because I'm afraid. Because, like, deep down inside, I have this disease that tells me I'm a POS. Like, I'm just a bad person. I'm, I'm too much. I say too much. I do too much, right? And so, therefore, I have to perform. And you all know, like, and it, it bears repeating a year ago today, right, like I was 15 pounds lighter than I am right now. I was on this line saying I was recovered because for me, it's not hard. For me, it's not hard. This is, um, these, are, these are simple concepts. You know what's hard is to hang up the phone and be honest, right? You know what's hard is to show up on the line with you all 
in the same way I show up on the line with my husband and my kids or my sponsees, right? Like to be God's girl. And um, it was very easy and very seductive. It started very slowly and quietly, this desire to get on the scale over and over and over again and, and to deny the fact that there are three parts of abstinence. It's not, this is not no sugar, no flour anonymous, right? We need to, I need to abstain from my addictive food behaviors. I need to have integrity with my body weight, right? Like if I'm, if I'm underweight or I'm overweight and I'm not being honest about that and I'm not working towards maintaining, then I, I'm, I'm dying. And why does this matter? It doesn't matter because I can continue along these ways. But you know what matters? It matters because at the end of the day, when I sit in front of my creator, I can't get to God. I can't get to God because if I'm lying, I'm not able to be unified, mind, body, and spirit. I'm not able to be one, right? Like if I'm trying to perform, it's like with my kids, right? Like if I say to them, you know, don't hit, and then I'm being angry with my words, well, I'm teaching them how to hit. You know, I need to practice what it is I'm preaching, and I'm just, I'm so grateful today. I, I, on my inventory every night, I ask myself, where am I being dishonest? Because I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. And um, I'm just so grateful that we get to do this together and that no one, I'll just wrap up with this, we don't shoot the wounded, right? Like if you're lying right now, just go get honest. No one's going to scream and yell. This is about getting to God. It's not about punishment. And uh, I'm just grateful that uh, we get to show up another day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. All right, Rob G. And then we're going to take some more names. Just a friendly reminder, we're on page 73 on the fourth paragraph, reading that paragraph only. All right, Rob G., you're up. Good morning, Amy. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. My name is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Palmdale, California, the county of Los Angeles. Um, I think that the uh, the concept of being entirely honest with someone uh, takes time, as I have heard, you know, shared in, you know, so many ways throughout this, these, these shares this morning. Um, 20 years ago, there's no way I could have been entirely honest with someone because I had spent so many years lying and trying to, you know, get attention and trying to be liked um, and having an image management uh, problem that I couldn't. I, I simply couldn't. It took me years of listening to people share their pain, share their truth, that, you know, and then and learning to trust deeply to know that, you know, that it would be a closed-mouthed person or I wouldn't get attacked for what I said because, you know, when I was a little girl and I, and I said the truth about things, I had members in my family tell me, you shouldn't feel that way. And I thought, oh, it's really bad to, to feel a certain, a certain way about something. And in program, I learned that it is okay to feel a certain way about something. And today, you know, as we uh, advance in, in social-emotional learning, it is okay to feel some type of way about things. And then... I heard a different spin. I was in another meeting where it said, um, those of us belonging to a religious denomination, which requires confession and, of course, 
will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. It was proposed that, you know, maybe if one is a, you know, has committed a murder or a, a, a crime, that maybe the sponsor isn't the one that's supposed to hear that, that, that a properly appointed authority like the law is supposed to hear that. Uh, you know, disagree or not, I heard that proposed, and uh, it makes sense to me. Um, and then, anything else I want to say on that? I don't think so. Just that um, today I have learned uh, to be entirely honest with people that I trust. Uh, I had a problem with, you know, being afraid of being, you know, if I wasn't liked, I wasn't okay. And there's, you know, it, there's a saying, mean what you say, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. And today I'm in a position where, you know, I have to say things that are the truth to people and they may not like it, but I have to watch how I say it. And I'm not in a popularity contest today. Fine. So as lo- okay, as long as I'm kind and loving in my tone, I can say the truth. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Roz. All right. So we're going to take some names and numbers. Uh, names and numbers, sorry. <laughs> some names for who else would like to share on page 73, fourth paragraph. Please go ahead. Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Linda D. Nancy P. Christina J. Linda D. Christina. Yeah, yeah, I got you, Linda. Christina J. Did you get Nancy? Nancy. Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Nancy P., sorry. Pamela, I've got you. I've got Pamela P., Linda D., Christina J., Nancy P. Who else? Lee H. Lee H. Hello. Stephanie R. Stephanie, did you say? Yes, Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Okay. Dana P.? Dana, I think... I think we'll hold there. All right, so I've got Pamela P., Linda D., Christina J., Nancy P., Lee H., Stephanie R., and Dana. Oh, shoot, Dana, I didn't get that last initial. Um, oh, let's give it to me then. All right, uh, Pamela P., please go ahead. Yes, hello. My name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, so what I got from the paragraph, yeah, honesty, um, I, I had no problem being honest. I think I'm a little too honest, but, you know, something at that, I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah, because most of my childhood, I will learn to keep things in, it would cause drama or trouble, and because my mother was like, I think, to know what I know for schizophrenia, but that has to act. She dealt with crazy and the uh, physical abuse of tying up at night and locking the closet or that stuff and trying to keep my parents together. I just learned to keep them in. And then the 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 child abuse, not from my parents that, per se, but from uh, a child sex ring and keeping that in for a year and a half or about maybe two years. So I did learn to keep things quiet. And then when I got adult, 
and I wouldn't have dealt in the street. You don't learn. Nobody want to hear what you got to say. Everything based on what you look like. So when I got in the program, it was a relief to express myself. So I I had no problem being honest to the group or being honest to my sponsor. And I had amazing sponsor now, so I thank God for her. And I, in the group, and, you know, not 100%, but mostly very good to me. And I try to call at least five people a day, and I listen to what they got to say, but, you know, people, like, want to hear what I got to say. So I just feel reverent. And it definitely helped me in program and getting my recovery, expressing to my uh, boyfriend and talking my feelings. You know, the more I I take, more I express out, I do eat a little less. But the food is still there. Any emotional or resentment will just consume me. And so every day is a challenge of not to overeat. How good the day is, that challenge is already there. So I just pray for today. I don't pick up. And I continue expressing my feelings. Cause it do help me mentally, emotionally. It's physically not number one, but it's the top three or top four because spiritually one, but physically the consequent or uh, happy recovery, losing the weight is very important to me. So the scale, I do weigh myself every day, but it is something I need to do to make sure I'm going the right direction. And, you know, God won't hear my feelings. And I believe right. God's other. So thank you to let me share. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. Linda D., you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. I live in Connecticut, and I'm shocked and thrilled to be abstinent and to be a part of this fantastic meeting, a part of this wonderful life. It's uh, truly amazing. Um, I want to say something to each and every person who shares. I, I'm all over the map, and, and that's the truth. The truth is um, I have a lot of fear. I've lived half my life uh, totally immersed in this disease, didn't even know till I was 38 years old that I had a disease. I did the best I could. I was a good kid, but I was a kid in a grown-up body, and I had no living skills at all. And mostly the thing that stood out to other people probably was, well, that I was fat or that I was thin or that I was beautiful or that I wasn't. I was all those things. I was all over the map. I think today the, the thing that's so wonderful is I love me, and I want to do the best for me that I can, not at your expense and not let you do it at my expense. It's learning for me. It's been learning to turn to God that is within me, he, she, it, however you experience it, as a question mark or with a face or with a scripture of some kind. Um, I think we all have our way of sort of climbing over the, the, the obstacle so we can find this love because I don't want to hurt me. And if I find that I'm hurting me, 
with my thoughts, I change them with God's help. I just, I do positive affirmations, not to lie, but to go forward or to rest things I don't know how to do. I don't know how to love me. That's what brought me here. I learned to be self-destructive. I've had to change my entire food plan very recently because I found things that were really upsetting me and I didn't know it. Wow, that's a lot. I got very sick from it, physically sick. And uh, I feel much, much better now, much, much safer. I had no idea. It's tricky. Food is treacherous. I weigh and measure. That's, I mean, exactly. Um, Okay. I hope that made sense. It did to me. I hope it helps somebody. Thank you for teaching me how to live every day. I love you. I truly do. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Okay, Christina J. followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Christina. Morning, everyone. <clears throat> Christina J. from North Carolina. What else can I say? Oh my God, this meeting is incredible. Honesty. First, I have to get honest around this disease. And um, I have fear. I did many things in my life. Did I ever think that when I was having affairs or when I was stealing food or money or lying or manipulating, that I was going to have to put it down on a piece of paper? And it's real tricky, that fourth step, you know, because it starts out with, you know, you get to talk about, how everybody else did you wrong and why everything you did was justified. And I had justified all that stuff in my mind. But who knows it was going to bring me to a place on my knees. Not ashamed, a little bit at first, but then clear. Clear of the patterns, forgiving myself first. Forgiving myself first so then I could go out and forgive others, you know, in nine and ask for forgiveness. Because when I ask for forgiveness, I'm forgiving others. You get that? I get it today. And it's like a major shift to let all that go. In my uh, recent relapses, I tried human power quite a bit. I made calls. I sat down with my husband and prayed. I was completely honest with my sponsor about the food and the relapse because I I just couldn't get it for several weeks. And human power didn't help me. What finally helped me was God's grace. As Janet B. said, we try, try, and then God's grace finally comes. And one day I was able to say, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this anymore. And yet the disease was, yes, you do. You want it. You want to come back in here and fight me some more, right? Come on, have a bite. You know, you need it for this day, whatever the hell the excuse was. I just had to get through the pain of it, the pain of not using what I knew all my life that I went back to after almost three years of abstinence. I'm just such a newbie in this program. But I know one thing today is that I don't want it, and I'm talking to God more, and I don't care. I don't sit around and analyze, is this God's voice in my head? I just talk to it, and good words come back, and I just stay with it, and I don't say, well, was that God or was that me? Who the hell cares? If it's a good thing, I know the disease voice and it's evil. 
and it wants to pull me back into the ring, into the bullshit, into the fighting with the bags and boxes and all that shit. Sorry for the cussing. It's just part of my nature sometimes, you know. Um, I'll get better at it. But at any rate, today I'm clean and clear, and uh, I want to be honest with everybody and everything, and especially with myself. That's the thing. I'm honest with myself. I have a disease. Hi. I can't have. I can't have one bite, and I must clean house and be honest with someone. And then God's grace will step in. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Nancy P., you're up, followed by Lee H. We'll see how far we can get there. Thank you so much, Nancy P., recovering Western Massachusetts. Uh, this paragraph should just say, how's it been going for you doing it your way, Nancy P.? Um, I was told when I gave my first, 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 fifth step many years ago that I, what I had done was a courageous thing, that the effort itself is what counted. And I've done a few more between then and now, and the one I gave to my, then and now, the one I gave to my vision sponsor. And what I've learned is that courage is not the absence of fear, but action in spite of it. And I had to stop hurting myself with my defects as well as with food. And this life and death situation that I'm in depends on that. So my decision in step three was followed immediately by starting the skill set laid out in steps four through nine that's going to keep me recovered. So I want to do step five. The book tells me I can expect a life that is long and happy if I'm honest in step five. And today I tend to focus on the honesty instead of the expectations. And being honest with other people is a sign of respect, self-respect and respect for others. And people can meet me where I am because I give them a chance. I make myself vulnerable to rejection, ridicule, alienation, you know, all that. And I have found for myself that these steps have taken care of all of my problems, just like what the book says. Today, my problems don't get solved so much as they just get gone. And I learned to be honest. I just hadn't known how. I learned everything from this process. Um, I just, I learned everything. I had a sponsee who kept lying to me. And I called another fellow whose recovery I really respect and said I wanted to dump the liar. This is from Nancy P., who didn't even have a nodding acquaintance with the truth. And the question was, well, what step are you on? Step one, well, she doesn't know how to tell the truth yet. That was like a tectonic lightning bolt, somehow both at the same time. You know, that brings me to the jewel in the crown. Fellowship, counsel from others is crucial to my recovery. I can't depend on my own thinking even now. How could I have discerned the honest thing without counsel from others? I would have dumped that sponsee who kept lying, and, and that would have been the wrong thing for her and for me. This amazing life that I have, the one with the joy and the light and the buoyancy, depends on honesty, rooting out my defects, putting others first, and fiercely, fiercely, ferociously embracing what's right. And my honesty gets stronger and more reliable as I go. It's stronger now than it was five years ago. And it will be stronger still, I hope, as I go on. Um, you know, I don't get what I want. I don't get what I need. I get what I get. It's all tied up together. But the one thing that knits everything together and makes what I get become what I want is one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. All right, Lee H. followed by Stephanie R. Go ahead, Lee. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. And this is Lee H., um, gratefully recovered in Tennessee. And, um, and there's not much else I can add, but 
what came to me is that it took me a really long time to understand what that column meant when doing the fourth step and, you know, where my selfish design is self-seeking and afraid. Um, what I learned was is that um, I just have this uh, natural thing that I just want to make things up um, in my head and no lie can be too small. Um, one bite, one thought, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's not too small to make me go right back into uh, the food. And uh, I, I, it still comes up sometimes, um, and, and I don't even know it until I sit down and think about my day. And um, I had a situation that came up the other day where I'm with a group of people. We play cards and um I, I was, you have to have so many to play, but I was the odd man out. And um, But at the same time, I had things to do, so I was okay with leaving, but I still felt, I felt rejected. I mean, it was just so silly and so stupid that I just, um, I kept it in, but I kept feeling it. And I realized when my, what I say doesn't match up with what I'm thinking and I keep refeeling it, I'm in trouble. And I, I had, would never have known that if I had not been working these steps with a sponsor who just loves me when I tell them, you know, the smallest thing that I felt rejected over. And it really helps me. She helps me to um, get back to God, to put myself back in God's light and uh, walk that, that path to freedom and light. So that's all I got. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Lee H. Okay, Stephanie R., you're up. We'll see what we have left for Dana. Okay, go ahead, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. So grateful to be here this day. Um, I have been struggling with my program and with my food, um, and it was truly because of honesty, I believe. Um, I was so terribly, my, my life is fear-based, um, and I know that's not unusual for an addict to say, but I think one of my biggest things was that I was so afraid that if I told you I was not doing a program that was um, really beneficial for my recovery, that uh, I would be rejected. And I am terrified of rejection. And I was terrified at times to tell my sponsor that my food wasn't where I, it should be for my recovery because I didn't want her to, to drop me. And, and I think the gift that I'm seeing just from listening today is that if someone chooses that it's best for them to move on from me as a sponsor, then, then that's because God is leading them in that way. And God is telling me that it's my turn to look for, you know, someone that may be able to help me see my character defects and help me recover in a way that is much more beneficial for me. And so it can be a gift on both ends. I'm very grateful to have a wonderful, caring sponsor today who really does help me see that um, I am a loved person that can recover. And I recover for 24 hours at a time. Um, I have so much judgment against myself and against others and I, I need to turn over that character defect because that only hurts me. I'm really seeing clearly that my character defects are keeping me in a place where I am not 
experience and the serenity that I know this program can promise me. So I'm very grateful to be here today. Thank you for listening, and thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Stephanie R. And uh, Dana, looks like we have time for you. Dana, are you there? And I need your first initial of your last name, please. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm Dana P. I'm in California. Um, wow, amazing shares this morning. Um, and just everybody seems to be going to, you know, the part where it talks about honesty. And I <laughs> talk about liar. You know, I don't, I'm going to just put my hand up and say, yes, 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 I am. Um, but I'd like to focus on another part. Um, you know, so here we are, fourth and fifth step, right? And um, that's what this is all about. And, you know, I'm such a good liar and a good actress that I didn't even know uh, where I was being dishonest. And that fourth step was such a great um, opportunity for me to start to get clear around all of that and sharing it with someone else that could um, really see that the nature of my denial, you know, don't even know I am lying. Um, it was beautiful and miraculous and continues to be as I work through with the 10 step. Um, but the part I really, really hops out to me is where it talks about um, looking at, you know, someone we can share our quote unquote problem with that would understand our problem. And they're referring to um, religious people, which I find interesting. And what I realize as I'm reading this uh, paragraph here is that the problem that they're talking about is not the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater, vomit, bulimic, compulsive liar, that I have these character defects. That's not the problem. The problem is that I have a spiritual problem. I have a spiritual problem. I'm disconnected from God and his kids. And that's what it's talking about. So not someone that is going to punish me because I'm a bad person, but someone that understands that's what's going on with me is I'm disconnected. Um, and that's, that's what I got this morning. Thank you so much for hearing me, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Dana P. All righty. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour study immediately following. The share ID for today's meeting is uh, for Tuesday, April 11, 2023, is 20,147. That's 20147. I would like to now ask for Nancy R. to read the um, vision for you on page 164. Please go ahead, Nancy. Nancy R, press star one to unmute. Hi, sorry. No problem. Please I am ahead. Nancy. Yeah, I am Nancy R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northwest Illinois. I'm just getting to okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away, clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.